0: Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bay Life Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org. Okay, who loves spring? Oh, I love spring. I love this time of the year. Got out in my garden yesterday and did my big strawberry patch, but it got me thinking. About fruitfulness, and I'm going to speak this morning from John 15. Now, it's a scripture you all know really well about Jesus and the vine, but we want to have a look at some fruit just what lasting fruit he was talking about. And these chapters 14 and 15 in the book of John Jesus has had the Last Supper with his disciples, but he hasn't yet been arrested. So, what he's doing. I was reading through these couple of chapters and what he's doing, it's like this big download to his disciples. He knows what's coming and he's trying to go, okay, this is what you're going to need. I'm not going to be around forever. This is the stuff you're going to need. So lean in and glean from me. And this chapter, chapter 15, the first 17 verses, is all about abiding in the vine. Now, I haven't put the whole lot up. I've kind of chopped it a little bit. Um, But it starts like this. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do, remain in, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Then I'm going to jump forward to verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that would last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. And in verse 12, in the middle of all that, he says, love each other as I have loved you. Remain In my love. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time that we come and we open up your word and we have a look in it and we know that it can bring real change. So open up each heart here today. Open our ears to hear what you would want to say, Holy Spirit, that we may be fruitful for you, God, to see your kingdom come and your kingdom grow in this place. And everyone said, Amen. Okay. It's a great imagery, isn't it? Beautiful vine, probably a a grape vine because they were full of um, vineyards over there. But have you ever stopped to really think about what the fruit Jesus is talking about? I think about it and straight away the fruits of the Spirit come to mind. We're going to have a talk about those in a minute. But I think there's much more fruit that he's talking about in these verses. And the keys are, one, to remain in me and two, love each other and they're connected. So let's have a look at remaining in Jesus. Verse 16 says, He chose the disciples and appointed them to bear fruit that would last. I love that song. Don't you love that song that we kept singing? I can't believe that you would choose me. And I think Benny felt like that this morning. I can't believe, God, you would choose me. After all I've done, you'd keep loving me. Jesus chose the disciples. They were a funny old bunch. You know, if... You'd think they would be the most educated, amazing men. They were fishermen. One was a tax collector. None of them were very learned men of the time. But he chose them and he knew them exactly. Same as he chose you and he chose chose me. He knows us. So it's no surprise to him what we're like. So what I'm going to suggest to you this morning is that maybe the fruit that we bear is not going to look all the same. Just as we're not all the same. It'll come forth out of who we are if we remain in Jesus. Okay, so hold that thought there. When our identity is in Christ, rather in our own self or in our own little insecurities, then we begin to discover who we are. Listen to this piece of scripture in Galatians 6 4. Hopefully it's up there. It's from the Apostle Paul, and he says this. And this is the message version, which I love. He says this Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given. And then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the great, creative best you can with your own life. I love that. Make a careful exploration of who you are. I think means start to understand our own uniqueness. Look within. Who are you? What are your spiritual gifts? What are your passions in life? What's your unique temperament and personality? We're all different. And I think that when we begin to really understand who God has made you, life flows from it, then we see fruit when we're true to ourselves. But we have to start with remaining in Jesus, spending time with him. We've heard it over and over again already today. We've got to spend that time resting in his word and learning more about ourselves in him. Now, I brought a little bit of fruit along here, which I thought would be good. I know you're hungry, you're not eating it, okay? It's not to eat. An apple tree was created to make apples, wasn't it? Mandarin tree, um, Chris is really hoping I'm going to throw that apple out so he can eat it. Mandarin tree created to make mandarins. Banana tree produces bananas, not rocket science, is it? So we would be silly to expect bananas to come from an apple tree or a mandarin to grow from a banana tree. So I think all this beautiful fruit that God created is just like us. There's a whole arrangement of fruit out there with you guys. But it's only going to come when we are uniquely us in God. We're the very best version we can be of ourselves. So for me, I have a spiritual gift of a couple in there, um, encouragement and facilitation. So I was thinking, what does that look like? How does that bear fruit? Encouragement. If I'm working in my gift of encouragement, it will bear fruit. It won't only bear fruit for myself, but for the person I'm encouraging. Someone's having you know, a bit of a down day and they just need a real lift up, a word of encouragement just can lift them, can encourage them to keep going in life. They might be just ready to give up on something. But a friendly word of encouragement, you can do it. Believing in people really gets them moving again and then they go on to have abundant fruit in their life. I feel good because I'm actually operating in that gift of encouragement, the leadership gift. Okay, some might think it's a bossy gift, but I'm saying it's a gift from God. It's a leadership gift that just wants to get things done. But when I'm operating in that gift, something God's given me and I can vision it, I can lead other people, I can help things happen, I really feel like that's where I'm at my best. The kingdom of God is benefiting and it's growing and there's fruit from that. But if I'm not operating in that encouragement and that leadership gift, there's very little fruit and the kingdom of God and the body of Christ is not benefiting. Okay, so you get that? That's the fruit of operating in our spiritual gifts. So what about you? Are you operating in your spiritual gifts? Do you even know what your spiritual gifts are, I wonder? Have you ever had a chance to discover what they are? Questions for you to be thinking about this morning. Things like the gift of mercy, the gift of helps, the gift of teaching, the gift of insight. All those different gifts are all in the body. They're all here just waiting to be used and bring fruit to the body. What about your passion in life? I'm really passionate about seeing each of you succeed and thrive in every area of your life. And I love sowing particularly. For me, it's into marriages and young families. I know that's just me. But when I'm using my spiritual gifts along with my passion, that's when I see fruit comes from it, okay? So I want you to think about for you. You've got your spiritual giftings. What are you passionate about? Is it a particular age group? you like little kids? Is it youth? Is it older people? Is it social justice? Is it the workplace? Is it your school? I don't know, whatever it is, I'd love to see you start to get really fired up and that's where you'll see fruit. Put together your spiritual gifts, your passions in life and that's where you're going to see some fruit for God's kingdom. Okay, So have a little think about that. Um, And if you're not Don't know much about your giftings or your passions. We're really happy to help you. Come and talk to the leaders. There's courses running all the time of the growth groups, the Thrive group. Perfect place early Sunday mornings to find out more about that. Jesus told his disciples to go and bear fruit, suggesting they would need to be active and intentional. And we do too. As his disciples, we need to be intentional and thinking about bearing fruit. But as we remain in the vine, other fruit develops. Another fruit I've been thinking about is having a transformed heart and a renewed mind is a great fruit. And it only begins when we can die to ourselves and yield to the Holy Spirit. It's not enough to put ourselves mentally on the altar as a Christian. I think sometimes we think, oh, being a Christian's a really good idea. In your head, it's a really good idea. But if we never get past that, it's just a good idea, we're going to see no fruit in our lives Tough stuff comes and people fall away. It's because I don't think they've done that whole surrender thing to God. Okay? And that's when we get transformation and that's when we begin to see fruit of change in our lives. I think if you just do that head thing, you get squashy fruit because it doesn't last very long. It just rots away. But we want lasting fruit in our lives, okay? Christianity is about our relationship with Jesus our whole self being surrendered to him. When we remain in him, we walk with him, we rest in him, we become known by him, become obedient to his word and allow the word to change our mind and renew our mind. We begin to change and guess what? We begin to become a little bit more like him. And I think that's one of his goals. Now in that scripture, we talked about pruning. So I thought I'd brought my pruning shears Along, okay. I was going to bring those really big ones, but I thought knowing me, I'd end up chopping my hand off or something in the middle of the message. He says, God is the gardener. Sometimes we need just a little bit of pruning in our lives. Being transformed and renewed in the mind is not always easy and it's not always comfortable, but you know what? It's really necessary. We need to let the Holy Spirit into our lives and challenge us. Sometimes you might need to do a bit of cutting away with things that we've got going on in our lives. Sometimes you might need to cut away some of our thinking patterns. You might need to cut away some unforgiveness ties, some roots that aren't healthy in your life. Snip, 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 snip them away. And any of you that are gardeners know that if you do trim a plant, in a little while, guess what? beautiful new branches and fruit comes up. But if you don't prune, guess what? It becomes all gangly and yucky and very often you don't get much fruit. So maybe it's time to do a little bit of pruning in your life. Don't be frightened of that if you feel like you're in a season where God's doing some work in you. Don't run away from it. Lean in. Let him do the work. Let him do the work. The result will be we will be more like Jesus. And then when we become more like Jesus, guess what? We become reflectors of him in our world and then we can make disciples because that's another fruit. I'm sure Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, when he said, go bear fruit, I'm sure he was saying to them, go make disciples. Go tell more people about me. But see, we can only do that when we kind of get ourselves in the right place in God, get renewed we get transformed, become more like Jesus, then we can kind of get out there. Now that doesn't mean we have to be perfect. Don't get me wrong. We're never going to be perfect this side of heaven. But his love and grace that we've experienced, guess what? It's not just for us. It's for others that are yet to know him. So that's what we've got to be thinking. Be ready to share your story with somebody. Sometimes I think making disciples, evangelism, go, oh, that's all a bit too hard. Chris is the evangelist. we we'll leave it all to him. Guess what? We're all evangelists. And it doesn't mean you have to know the Bible inside and out, back to front. You don't need to know every single verse. Thank goodness for that, hey? You just have to know God and be ready to tell someone about what Jesus has done in your life. So can you... Get your story down to just a few little maybe sentences or a short story. Because sometimes you don't have hours with someone. But they just want to hear how God has made a difference in your life. And then you glorify him. They can't deny your testimony. They can't say, well, that's not true because it's true for you. And that's the way you, you, we will make disciples, by shining Jesus' light and love into those around us that are yet to know him. So think about that. Think about someone what what you would say to someone if they said, Well, you know, how's God, what's God done for you? You go, Ah, let me tell you. You need to be ready. You need to have thought it through. Okay? And don't go getting all spiritual and all that on them. Just they just want to know. They just wanna know why I would need Jesus in my life. And you can tell them, okay, that what he's done for you, how the change it's been. Um, okay, so that's remaining in Jesus. Some of the fruit, we can be transformed in our heart, renewed in our mind, discover who we are, so we operate in those gifts that he's given us, so we build the body of Christ and we make disciples. Then he says another thing, he says, love each other. Oh, if it was just that easy. (laughs) We're going to have a look at a little DVD. If the guys could put that up for us, that would be great. isn't it? They see the branches before they see the vine. It's really good. It's a big challenge, isn't it? So relationships. I think relationships are a fruit of our life remaining in Jesus. That's what people see. They see our relationships. Love each other. Few short words, but can be a difficult thing to do, hey? Without the help of the Holy Spirit. God in us. Again, I'm going to talk about a script in... um, Galatians, with Paul wrote. He gives us the list of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to do it in two versions. You probably all know this one, or you can probably all recite them. Let's have a look at the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 23. He says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. How about you repeat it with me? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. But then in the message, again, the message version reads like this. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that basic holiness permeates things in people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Don't you love the way it just fleshes it out a little bit more? So, time to think about your own life. Time to have a bit of a checkup, okay? How healthy are the close relationships in your life? With your spouse, your family, children, friends? And if it's not as if they're not as healthy and as rich as you'd like them to be, then maybe spending time Abiding in Jesus is a good starting place and allowing him to grow you in these areas and help enrich them. In our own strength, it can be really tough to love well because each of us is broken and hurt to a certain extent by our own life experiences. But we can look a bit like those plants, a bit like a cactus at times, hey, or a poison ivy. But we need to be like the aloe vera, beautiful aloe vera, soothing and gentle. But none of us are perfect. Do you know a tree, a fruit tree in particular, or a vine, if we're talking about vines, it doesn't have to push and work hard at producing its fruit. It'll come if the conditions are right. A fruit tree needs to be planted in good soil, have plenty of nourishment and water before it will produce fruit. So it's just like us. If we remain, live our lives connected to Jesus, planted in good soil in a healthy church, water our relationship with the Word of God and the love of each other, then the Holy Spirit will naturally produce good and healthy relationships. We don't have to try and push and shove. We just have to get those things right. And God will even use the crappy stuff in our life. Can I say crappy in church, Greg? Good, I just said it. The crappy stuff. Do you know what? Because I was thinking about gardening. And what makes a garden grow better Poo, manure, chicken poo, all that stinky stuff makes your garden grow really well. And I reckon, it's the same in our life, all that stinky stuff that happens can be a great way for you to grow if you remain in the vine. If you try to deal with it all on your own, it probably won't have much effect. But if all that stuff that gets heaped on you and just looking around the room, I can just see, you know, all of us have had stuff heaped on us. But it can enrich and grow your life if we remain in the vine and we take it to God and we allow him to do what he needs in us, okay? So poo can be okay. Say that. Poo can be okay. 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 don't know if it's theologically correct, but it's okay. John 15, 5 says this in the message. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. So when people, I'm talking to people sometimes, young people, about mentoring. And um, I often say to girls, I think we just had a conversation this week about mentoring If you're looking for a mentor in a particular area of your life, you look for fruit, okay? Not one person, I don't think, can mentor you in every area of your life. So if you're a young parent and you're looking at how to raise your children, look for a family that have got really strong, healthy relationships with their children and find out how they do it. If you want a good marriage, look for a couple that have got a really strong marriage, a lasting marriage, and learn from them. I think it's like an orchard. You can go and pick fruit from different trees to help grow your life. Someone, if you want a good prayer life and you're really struggling, look for someone who's got that prayer life happening, great fruit in their life, and glean from them. So we're going to have a quick look at the fruits of the Spirit, okay? And you're going to do a bit of a rating on yourself. So if you've got a bit of a pen and paper or you can do it mentally or whatever you like, but I'd like you to rate yourself yourself. Say on a scale of 1 to 10. You don't have to tell anyone. There's no test or anything. It's just for yourself. Because sometimes I think we can read through the Scriptures and go, yeah, 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 I know all about those fruits. But you know what? We actually need to stop sometimes and look at them and compare where we're at with what the Word says, where we should be at. So as we go through each one, a little bit of a mental where you're at. The fruit of love. We all know that love is a choice. It's not just a beautiful feeling that we'd always love to have all day long. It's sacrificial, and it considers the needs of others before ourselves. And 1 Corinthians 13 describes love beautifully when it says, love is patient, love is kind, doesn't envy. It's not proud or rude, keeps no wrongs, and it never fails. And we're to be conduits of God's love. He pours it out through us to other people. So write down your little, or think about your little rating, 1 to 10, how are you at loving people? The fruit of joy. Joy is the feeling of great delight. It's more than being just happy. It's an emotion that we can feel in response to God's grace toward us. Joy is true contentment that's not dependent on circumstances. It's deep down, and it can be our strength in God if we can hold on to our joy through circumstances. So rate yourself on your joy. How joyful are you? The fruit of peace. Peace is a state of calm rising from a heart deeply and firmly established in God. It's not some feeling that just washes over us when we come into church, but then we lose it when we go out. It's not dependent on circumstances, and it needs to be a deep inner response so that we can keep anxiety under control when we have the peace of God in our heart. How are you with peace at the moment? The fruit of patience, King James Version calls it long-suffering. It's the ability to wait, to endure, to hold one's temper without complaining. I don't know about you, but that's one I always struggle a bit with. God is so patient with us, yet why are we so impatient with everybody else? I don't know, but that would be a biggie for me, patience. The fruit of kindness, tender concern for others. Kindness of hearts indicated by our words and by our actions reaching out to people in need. Often beyond your own comfort zone. How kind are you? The fruit of goodness. Goodness is virtue and holiness in action, it's the moral characteristic of a spirit filled person. A life characterized by deeds motivated by righteousness and a desire to be a blessing. So how would you rate yourself in goodness? The fruit of faithfulness, steadfast, consistent. Biblical faithfulness requires belief in what the Bible says about God, his existence, his works, and who he is. Trusting that God will work his will in us for good. Being faithful people. How are you at being faithful? I know there's a lot of beautiful, faithful people here. The fruit of gentleness, also translated as meekness, doesn't mean weakness. It takes a strong person to be gentle. It involves humility and thankfulness towards God and a polite and restrained behaviour towards others. The opposite of gentleness could be anger or a desire for revenge. Gentleness, what it does is put our strength under God's guidance. So how, how are you at being gentle? And the last one, the fruit of self-control is, of course, the ability to control oneself. It involves moderation, constraint, and the ability to say no to our base desires and fleshly lusts. One of the proofs of God working in our life is the ability to control our own thoughts, our words, and our actions. Self-control naturally leads to perseverance as we value long-term good rather than instant gratification by the world. So easy, isn't it? We just want it and we want it now. Self-control is a gift that will free us. It frees us to enjoy the benefits of a healthy body from a guilty conscience and it helps us find liberty to love and live as we were meant to when we can put self-control into our world. So how are you at self-control? So how did you go? How did you go with your rating? I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. All the ones, put your hand up. All the tens, put your hand up just for yourself. And if you need a little bit of work, maybe it's time to go to the Holy Spirit and just remain in him a little while and get him to do a little bit of work in your life. Because that's where it happens. Maybe the pruning shears need to come out. Start cutting away some stuff. So what does that mean for you, I wonder, to remain in Jesus? Greg gave us a, a great message last week about resting in God. Maybe that's what it means for you resting in God a little bit more and allowing the Holy Spirit to come alongside you and examine your heart a little bit more. Maybe it's picking up your Bible for revelation rather than just as a habit. Sometimes we just read it as a habit. We get through our devotions and we get through, yep, done that, walk away. But sometimes that doesn't change us. Obedience actually means doing what the Word says, not just thinking it's a good idea to do it. And I get trapped in that. Oh, all these Bible verses. That's awesome. Great idea. But you actually have to get it into our spirit and begin to outlive it if we want change. practical way to do this is to get a few verses that speak to you. Maybe even today, one of those areas that you think, yeah, I could do a bit of growing in that area. Well, go to the Bible, get some, read through some verses, look up your concordance, Find one that God speaks to you out of. Write it down. Write it down. Read it over and over. Put it in the mirror. Put it in the car. Put it where you're going to see it. And begin to really get it into your spirit. Because what happens is all the old thoughts come back, all the old behaviours come back, and you need to draw on that word of God that will bring change to renew your mind. It's the only way you're going to renew your mind. Okay, reading the Bible once will not renew your mind. You need to go over and over and get it into your spirit. Okay? So maybe that's a great thing you could do. That's how we overcome stuff. That's how we overcome strongholds in our lives. Those faulty thinky patterns that we constantly have, we can only renew them when we remain in God and get his word in us. Fruit trees bear only in season. Have you noticed that? Although at the moment, you can buy fruit just about all year round, can't you? But if you're looking for local fruit, it only produces in one season. You might be in a season right now where everything's coming together. You're operating in your gifts. Relationships are going well. Everything's sweet, fantastic, fruits everywhere. But you might not be. You might be in a season where you feel totally that nothing is happening. And you know what? Don't give up. Don't give up. You've just got to hang in there, you've just got to keep watering and nourishing your relationship with Jesus. Remain in the vine, stay connected to the body, don't isolate yourself, allow the gardener to do some pruning and you will get fruit and it will be fruit that will last if you can do that. The very last thing Jesus says in this scripture is, if you remain in the vine, guess what? You may ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you prayers are answered. Now, answered prayer, I don't know. You might say, well, God never answers my prayer. I think the little tag there needs to be, if it's in God's will, he'll answer your prayers. Sometimes it's not the right timing. Maybe there's more work to do in you yet, and he's not quite ready to grant you that prayer. Okay, but sometimes I think, we think sometimes God's like this genie. We can just do whatever we want in life, throw our prayers up. Yeah, you beauty, God, answer this, answer that. But never really remaining in him. Because his word says, if you remain in me, then you can ask and your prayers will be answered. So sometimes he just puts little conditions in there. So don't stop asking. Keep remaining in the vine and he will. He loves you and he wants to bless you and he wants to answer your prayers. But sometimes it's just in his timing and that's when we need to grow in the fruit of patience (laughs) because we wanted those prayers answered now. So look, as I finish up, I'm just going to recoup a little bit here. So if we remain in Jesus the vine, as he tells us in John 15, the fruit that we're going to get is our identity will be found in him And then we can discover and operate in those gifts that he's given us and those passions that he's given our hearts to build the body of Christ. Our heart will be transformed and our mind will be renewed. We'll become whole and more like him and help us overcome strongholds. We make disciples. We get to shine his light and love into those that are yet to know him. We'll have healthy relationships. Learn to love others as Jesus commands. And we'll have the fruit of the Spirit operating in our life. And if we remain in Him, He will answer our prayers. It will be in His timing and it will be in His will. But we can ask what we wish and He will give it to us. And I was thinking as I was preparing this message, I thought of Bill and Dorothy. So many of you here know Bill and Dorothy, an older couple that were part of the church with us for 10 years that have since moved away. I used to always think, And if anyone wanted prayer, where did we go? We went to God, but we also went to Bill and Dorothy. Because God seemed to answer their prayers, didn't he? I don't know. But I thought about it and I thought, well, why? Do you know why? Because they abided in him. They remained in him so much. Their life, if any of you knew them, their life was all about Jesus. Yes, they were retired and they had a little bit more time in life. But the principal, they always went to Jesus first. And I reckon he heard their prayers, he answered them. We can too. We can be like that if we make the choice to remain in the vine and just hang out with Jesus a bit more than maybe what we do already. I've got a nice story I just want to finish off. I just really like this story and I hope it encourages you. It's about cracked pots. <laughs> A water bearer in India had two large pots and he hung them on the end of a pole which he carried across his neck. One of the pots had a crack in it and while the other pot was perfect and always delivered a full portion of water at the end of the long walk from the stream to the master's house, the pot always arrived half full. For two years this went on every day with the bearer delivering only one and a half pots of water in his master's house. Of course, the perfect pot was proud of his accomplishments, perfect to the end for which it was made. But the poor cracked pot was ashamed of its own imperfection and miserable that it was only to accomplish half of what it had been made to do. After two years of what he perceived to be a bit of failure, the pot spoke to the water bearer one day by the stream I'm ashamed of myself and I want to apologise to you. Why? said the bearer. What are you ashamed of? I've been able for these past two years to deliver only half my load because of this crack in my side. Water leaks out all the way back to the master's house. Because of my flaws, you have to do all the work and you don't get full value from your efforts, the pot said. The water bearer felt sorry for the old cracked pot and in his compassion he said, As we return to the master's house, I want you to notice the beautiful flowers along the path. Indeed, as they went up the hill, the old cracked pot took notice of the sun warming the beautiful wildflowers on the side of the path and it cheered him up somewhat but at the end of the trail he still felt bad because it leaked out half its load again and again apologized for his failure. The bearer said to the pot, did you notice that the flower's on only on your side of the path but not on the other pot's side? That's because I've always known about your floor and I took advantage of it. I planted flower seeds on your side of the path. And every day while we walk back from the stream, you've watered them. For two years, I've been able to pick beautiful flowers to decorate the master's table. Without you being just the way you are, we would not have been able to bring beauty to grace his house. What a story. Hey, we're all a bunch of crackpots, really, aren't we? But in God's hand, he can do amazing things. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you have created each one of us so unique, so different but perfectly formed by your hand and lord i thank you that in your word you tell us to go and bear fruit that will last and we, we do want to do that lord so i pray for each one of us here today that they've been challenged in some area of their life to remain closer to you so that you can develop fruit in them which will be evident for others to see and so that other people are drawn closer to you it's about growing your kingdom lord and fulfilling our purposes in you. So we love you, God. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will, this week, you will just come alongside each one of us, do the work you need to, prune, cut away stuff in our lives that maybe isn't bearing any fruit, so that we can bear fruit for your kingdom in the days and the months and the years to come. And we pray that in your precious name. And just before I finish, one more prayer. For those of you maybe that have never made that decision to remain in Jesus or even to make the first step to even know him, it's an easy decision. It's just a a prayer that says, yes, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to give my life to you, to be forgiven of my sins and keep moving forward in you. So I'd love to give anyone that opportunity today. If you've never made that decision and today you feel like you would like to do that, just pop your hand in the air. I'll come and pray with you after the service fantastic each one secure knowing who you are in God that's beautiful thank you God we give you all the glory and all the honour in Jesus name Amen here we go thanks guys thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylight Church We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.